0: Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where new signings are guaranteed a great debut. Join and choose your welcome offer at betvictor.com. 18 plus, be NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refunds. Subscription auto renews. Hello and welcome. I'm Erin Cuthbert, footballer for Chelsea and the Scotland national team. And you're listening to the Blue Day
1: podcast. (laughs)
0: Welcome back my friends to the podcast that never ends. Yes, this is the Blue Day podcast folks and for Chelsea fans everywhere. Every day is a Blue Day and I am your host Keith Lawrence and joining me again this week is a man who cannot wait for the World Cup to begin as would I. He's former Chelsea defender, Steve Wicks. And we've got many, many views coming up on today's show. We're going to talk about the Newcastle poor performance. We're going to talk about the last month or so, the last six weeks of Potter's reign. We're going to talk about the recruitment, backroom staff, the recruitment side of buying recruitment individuals. And we're going to possibly potentially talk about a certain one or two incomings that decided to do interviews with one Piers Morgan. So, Steve, welcome back on the show. Shall we talk about the weather, or I'm a celebrity, before we talk about the dross that is Chelsea Football Club at the moment? Or shall we get right into it? I've, I've heard that we're, we're signing M- Matt Hancock
1: as a PR person at the club. No, you, there's, there's... It can't there's... get any worse
0: than what we've got at the moment. <laughs> Let's get
1: into it, mate. Come because on, let's I, go.
0: Let's go.
1: I'm very concerned about uh, my football club that uh, I love dearly and the fans that uh, are very special. And I'm I'm looking at what's happened over the last few months, and uh, it, it's to me, it's quite frightening. You know, it's I've seen the most well-oiled machine that was Chelsea Football Club. Under Roman, go to where we are at the moment where no one knows the best formation, nobody knows the best players. We've signed players that, in my opinion, don't deserve to play for Chelsea, um, and also players that we've got existing players at Chelsea that are better than them. Um, and I find it a mishmash um, and very concerning at this
0: time. Well, what we're going to do today, as I said on the top of the show, we're going to discuss over the last, say, few weeks the dire, horrible performances, and that's putting it likely what Chelsea have come up with in certain matches. We're going to ask who's to blame, we're going to provide our faults, and we're obviously going to talk about my story of going up to Newcastle last weekend, and to say that was an interesting trip is an understatement, but... We're going to talk, obviously. Talk as well. We're going to ask certain questions about Potter's tactics, the the decision making on certain players not playing, certain players that are playing. So, Steve, in yeah, you know, we haven't discussed it at length for a while, but we did say after the Brighton defeat, oh, bit of a blip. Okay, you know, probably a little bit of bump in the road against Arsenal. Seemed more like a crater in the road, and now we seem like the whole cars now actually gone into the bloody road. The actual roads sunk, and we've stuck in it. Um, Steve, who's to blame? I mean, listen, you, you know, you've you've been around chairmen, you've been around interesting characters in 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 the dressing room, and you've seen it with managers falling out with players, or you've seen players perhaps not playing for the manager, or perhaps. Not interested. And you could possibly look into the World Cup as a factor, bearing in mind it's next week as we're recording. So some players might not have put a 100% in because they're worried about getting injured for this World Cup. A World Cup that allegedly players don't want to play in because of what's going on in, in that country. But needless to say they don't want to over-exuberate themselves because they're worried about getting injured. It's a Chelsea football club, and we're not used to this, are we? We're not used to this big blip to the point where there's no direction. Beforehand, when we used to have a blip, used to have Terry, Lampard, Cole, Czech, Drogba to get us out of it. We don't have that anymore. We don't have players that can take other players by the scruff of the neck, literally, and say, sort yourselves out, otherwise there's the door. We don't have that anymore. And we don't have, and I said this to a couple of people over the weekend, and I said this to a couple of uh, ex-Chelsea players recently, we don't have any elite players anymore. Which players in our squad would you say the top echelons of European football would go, I I want him in my team? We don't have any anymore. And that's that's the sign of the times where we do not have players that clubs would uh, they would go into debt to buy. They don't, they're not looking at our players anymore. And then we've got players on high wages. We've brought in for big transfer fees, which we're going to discuss in a minute. And then 12, 18 months down the line, we're trying to flog them because no one's going to pay their wages. That's the state of Chelsea Football Club at the moment. And who's to blame, owner, manager or players, or all three? I think
1: the owner of the club, I think, has limited knowledge of football in this country and European football. I think he's come in. I think, you know, I've always said, and I think you agree with me, Keith, when our two full-backs are fit, I think we've got two, two of the best full-backs there are, right? We go and we spend... Man City want to buy the
0: guy at Brighton.
1: uh, And they make a stand. They're not going more than 40 million quid. Cookerelli, you're
0: talking about.
1: Yeah, right? He's going to be a squad player at Man City. Not a first-team player. He's going to be a squad player. Um, We got to 60 million quid. No way can that guy pay left of a three as a centre-back. No. No. Not good. Right? So you're looking at him purely as a left back. Not in the same class as Chilwell. Chilwell is a much better player. Right? I watched the Arsenal you know, documentary. Aubameyang, I would not have him anywhere near my football club.
0: You said did, this when we was linked with him. You said this in the
1: What, what we did we didn't address the the big problems we had in our squad. What we did, we brought the most irrelevant signings and we didn't address. We needed a work, We needed the new Drogba. We needed someone that would get up and head that ball against Bayern Munich in that final and the guy that scored many, many goals to win us trophies. We needed that focal point up front. We tried to do it with Lukaku, who, to be fair, was an absolute disgrace. Didn't give our club the respect it deserved. And then we go and sign, in desperation, a guy that I saw at Arsenal Football Club in that documentary that made me feel ill. I have never seen such a brash, blasé, God, individual in my life. And all of a sudden, because we're so desperate, we sign him. He's probably on an absolute huge wage because he was the only option. But that should have been our number one priority. That Rudiger, we spent all that money on centre backs. Why didn't we pay him and keep him? He was—he'd had the best season he'd had at Chelsea, and he was a leader of men. Why have we spent? I don't know how much, 100 million quid on two players when we had a centre half that's better than both of them. I find it hard to believe the management of this football club that is now of all the hard work we've done to get to where we are and the way we, we've, yes, we've been ruthless. Romans people were ruthless. If they change manager, but actually every time they change manager, we won trophies so you can't criticize them what i've seen here is this scattergun approach in the transfer market with no thought that has put our whole club at risk we then get a manager that has no experience in europe no experience of that level well, he's We're got now...
0: experience in Europe. I mean, he has, He has, to his credit, he has managed in Europe. He had to go away to Europe, to overseas, to try and build his coaching career. Cause he, in uh, Sweden. In Sweden. Hardly, hardly. No, it it's good. not. You're right. But he's still got the bottle to go out and do something that many English managers wouldn't do.
1: No. But I listen, I, there's something I want to really say here. I want him to succeed because I think he's a a nice bloke. I think he's obviously good at his job, but there's very much a difference about having to keep someone in the Premier League and the other spectrum to win the Champions League. There's a massive difference between that demand. And he did a very good job of Brighton. And his his team played attractive, organised football. But everything was built around survival. Chelsea's not about survival. Chelsea's about the upper echelons of football. Champions League, winning the Premier League. That's what we're about. Mm. And I'm just looking at it. And again, we're employing the whole of Brighton Football Club, Brighton Football Club, at Chelsea, when all they do is they look at players, oh, it'd be good because it help us survive. Do, and it was all about survival. Why? Why on earth are we doing this? I don't know. I'm, I'm absolutely flabbergasted with the whole approach of the new owners. Because to me, yes, they've spent loads of money. But my God, they've been taken to the cleaners. They've been taken to the, their naivety in football in this country has shown where they've played the most exorbitant money for players that in true sense of the word, in you know, I don't know, I'm so frustrated because I'm looking now where do we go from here and I can't see any improvement that can be made to where we are at the moment. And I think we are struggling for top six. Hmm. I think with Newcastle doing what they're doing and if you look at the Newcastle format and our format and you look at the brazilian i can't remember his name he plays in midfield he looks like very good footballer player, right that's what we've been crying out for a midfield player that can create instead of a midfield player that plays the ball square all the time and plays deep where it's easy hmm. they've gone out they've put a side together and they know what their game plan is Chelsea Football Club, at the moment, Graham Potter doesn't know what his best formation is, doesn't know what his best team is. And we are victims of that because we're losing games and playing, and I'm sure, you know, I watched 15 minutes of that game or 10 minutes of that game uh, at Newcastle. And honestly, I haven't seen... A more inept Chelsea side for a long, long time. And also, the other thing is, we've kept players that should have left the club. That's what we've done. We've got dead wood of players that aren't good enough at the right at the top end of the, where we've been for the last 15 years, 10 years. We've kept players that we know aren't good enough, but we've kept them. And that I think is just
0: frustrating. I'm just looking at the table, and I I have not looked at it for a while. Honestly, I have, I have I don't normally look at the table this time of year anyway. But I looked at I've just looked at the table now, Steve. And it is pretty grim reading. We've got 21 points from 14. Right, we're nine points off Newcastle. Yeah we are 16 points from arsenal yeah 16 i'd expect to be quite a way from manchester city so that i'm not concerned with that we're 8 points from tottenham and we're 5 points from man united we're only a point off liverpool we've won the same amount of games as liverpool so if you know people are saying it's a catastrophe if you just look at liverpool it's not that bad but uh, many Chelsea fans who I spoke to the weekend or even beforehand, we were talking about the state of the club. It's not the defeats that's the problem, it's the, the performances. It's, it's the, the manner, manner of the defeats. Against Arsenal, it was just, it was sad. Sad to watch where you're the home team. You leave arguably your best midfielder on the bench for the side who's top of the league at that moment. And you just play dull. I thought Sari's football was bad. I thought Tuchel's football was bad. It's pedestrian. This, this ain't better. It's side to side, back. This ain't better at back. all. At it the moment, it's not better. Now, I I will... Put the argument out there that some Chelsea fans have told spoke to me about is the fact that this isn't his team. He's come in mid-season. This isn't his team. He needs at least two transfer windows. At this rate, he ain't going to get two transfer windows. Not if, as you say, Chelsea are sinking quicker than the Titanic at this stage.
1: Keith, and- I'll tell you something which, which was me was so important was his interview after the Arsenal game. When all he kept talking about was Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And I felt like saying to him, shaking him and saying, do you know what now? You're manager of Chelsea. You can't talk like Brighton. You can't mm-hmm. go to an interview and say how good Arsenal were and they deserved the win and they're this, they're that. You can't do that as manager of Chelsea.
0: Or the worst one, is when he actually said after the Arsenal, and I think he even said it after the Newcastle game as well, the lads played well.
1: Oh, my God, yeah.
0: Seriously? Yeah. We do want to sort of touch on it a little bit. In terms of the Newcastle game, we're we're not going to talk in depth about the performance because we all know the performance was shite. But the one thing that I got from that game, Steve, was, in fact, who didn't play? We talked about who did play, like Kukurella and Kulabai, who I thought had a bad game. Yeah. He put Pulisic and Ziyech on to try and win the game. I mean, that's desperate for you. They started against Man City last week, for crying out loud. That's the state of the club at the moment. But he didn't play Aubameyang. He didn't feature Aubameyang. He didn't feature Sterling. Now... In your opinion, Steve, as a, from a player's perspective and from a coach's perspective, is that Graham Potter delivering a message to the board?
1: I don't think he can, do. You know, at this stage of his managerial career at Chelsea, I don't think he can do that. Um, I, I, think, I think he's, he's got well, to... is he, provide,
0: all... he provided a message to say, I don't want these players these players aren't going to be in my faults for the future.
1: Well, I, I thought you said about you know, Kukureya that he was one of the best players he'd ever worked with. You know, I, a, a, you know, Bamiang as I've said, he's like Marmite. If I, You either like him or you don't. And if he's scoring 25 goals a season, you like him. But then you look at what he adds to the squad, when he's not scoring goals he's just to me that of all the signings we've made he is the most frustrating one that i've had to, you know to deal with with him signing for chelsea i've never seen such a flash flash person in my life who wears shoes to match his car and gold shoes and this my god to me i would want that player near my football club, and when he signed, I was absolutely gutted. Mm. Have I seen anything that makes me feel like he's going to do anything? No, nah. he had a one game where he worked quite hard and got back. But that's when things start to go wrong. Trust me, when things start to go wrong as a manager, he's the last player you need in your club. Mm. And to be fair to Arteta. He couldn't get him out quick enough, Hmm. and to me that says everything. Now that's not Graham Potter's fault. Graham Potter wasn't even here when they signed Abamian, so he's got to deal with that now.
0: No, but then if you look at from the player's perspective in and I'm not his biggest fan. I think we signed him five years too late. He he signed for Chelsea for one reason, not for money. (laughs) was for Tuchel. A week later, Tuchel goes. What's his motivation? Apart from money, what's his motivation? Nothing. If he doesn't like Potter, which seems as if he doesn't, he isn't going to play. In terms of, he'll be on the pitch, but he's not going to perform. So already, you've lost one person. And then you look at people like Hakim Ziyech.
1: Oh, God. What a disgrace. You look
0: at someone like Christian Pulisic who, you know, I will get American fans of the podcast or even at Chelsea's come up to me and say, Christian's a good player, but is he, he's not elite level player. Okay, fine. Fair enough. But he doesn't change games anymore. He no. changed games for six no. months when there was no crowds in the stadium. Since then... Nothing, nothing.
1: Well, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something as, as a, an ex professional footballer. I bet you that guy works hard in training when he comes on, he works extremely hard and he tries to make things happen. Zich is an absolute disgrace as a footballer. And the principles you have when you're a footballer is an absolute disgrace. Um, and that was one of Frank's lines. So you can't Potter, but get him out of the club, get him out. Honestly, people like that cause problems at a football club, and this is what we've got. We've got players that
0: really don't want to be at Chelsea. No. Well, put on that subject, there are rumours, and I haven't heard this from a reliable source, but I've heard it through people that have come up to me and mentioned it. You've got Mason Mount contract situation. There seems to be a little bit of progress. How much progress, I don't know. At the moment, he hasn't signed a new deal. So there's talks about him, potentially he might be off. You've got Mendy allegedly wanting to go. No problem. No problem.
1: Let Mendy go.
0: If Mendy goes, would Kepper then be number one? I think, in my honest opinion, I think Potter prefers Kepper than Mendy. But oh, listen, um, that's very hard
1: for you to say. <coughs> that must be very hard for you to say, Keith. Yes,
0: After it was.
1: Back, that must be very hard for you You to say, but (laughs) uh, clear the decks of people that don't want to be at Chelsea. Get rid of them because they become a cancer. But it's not that
0: easy anymore. It used to be, but it's not because of the wages and because of everything that goes with uh, it. It's it's difficult. Yeah, it is difficult. Unless but they go the on a Pierce that, Morgan Todd, show and absolutely berate the club, then yeah, you could possibly terminate their contract, which we might discuss oh, yeah, in we'll a minute.
1: We'll probably sign him in the, in the in the close season. Another well,
0: fantastic... I I guarantee you now, I guarantee you, Todd is looking at that situation and thinking oh, Todd, we're, we we're, need a goal scorer.
1: You're dealing with Todd's ego as well. Todd wants to be the Super super owner that signs all these these uh,
0: you know so called superstars the Americans will lap it up both yeah. abroad and in this country. Many of these guests will want to come to the club Chelsea not the Westview but the Chelsea executive boxes to see Ronaldo play you're going to have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Ronaldo shirts being sold with Chelsea or whatever number, and you're thinking to yourself, is he going to change the situation at Chelsea? Probably not. (laughs) He's 37. If it was Johan Cruyff or Pelé, maybe.
1: Mate, I played against Johan Cruyff at Chelsea when he played for the Cosmos, And he put more effort into that game which was a friendly effectively and he was unbelievable Trevor Aylott
0: mentioned him as well when we interviewed him unbelievable
1: and I look at Johan Cruyff and I look at with all the problems Johan Cruyff had in his career he'd never call Piers Morgan go on a talk show and slag everyone at his football club off because he's
0: not
1: getting his own way, mm. and do you know what? We want to sign him. Let's have. Where else stand- can he
0: go, Steve? I mean, we mentioned it off, off, off air. Un- unless Portugal win the World Cup, he isn't going to go to America yet. Because I think he still wants to prove a little bit in the Champions League. Unless Portugal win the World Cup, we, That ain't going to happen. He, so he's he ain't going to go to America. He ain't going to go Bayern with Messi hmm? that's what he's got he's got a personal
1: competition with Messi yes yes wants to that I just I, hold it he complained one week that they didn't use him as a sub the next week he asked him to get changed and go on and he walks down the tunnel He's totally, totally, listen, one of the greatest footballers that has ever walked the planet. His goal record is next to none, Mm. right? But when you think you're a superstar and the king of the game and it's all about you at 37 years of age and you behave the way he's behaved and you absolutely hammered your football club and everyone at your football club what owner in their right mind would want to sign that player what owner in their right mind would want to sign that player I I, you know it's five grades on I tell you
0: which owner we have him I tell you which owner will have him
1: because it's all about him the, the one thing about Roman was it was never about him you never heard from him you never did it the things were done it wasn't about him it wasn't about his ego it was about the best things he thought for Chelsea Football Club full stop this guy and I didn't like him when he was doing the walk whistles when we scored and there was a thing on the telly about it I'm looking at him thinking hold him a minute mate You're doing a Chelsea Football Club. Show a bit of class. And to me, we've gone on from that. And I might be getting... I'll never be invited to Chelsea Football Club again. But I feel very strongly about it. Very strongly about it. You know, we've gone from the sublime to the ridiculous. We're signing the backroom staff of Brighton. We're looking at Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Where have our standards gone? And they've dropped to depth. If we sign Ronaldo, I would wouldn't want to go to Chelsea again after what he's done and what how he's behaved at Man United Football Club. I would I wouldn't go to Chelsea again. I feel that strongly about it. The club deserves better. The supporters did let's go and get... We've talked about the guy from Leipzig. We've talked about, you know... Well, I'd he's say... out of
0: the World Cup with an injury. We are, but allegedly, again, this is only rumours, Chelsea haven't come out with it. RB Leipzig haven't come out with it. This is still rumours. The deal's close to being done. An announcement will be made after the World Cup. It might even be made beforehand because he's, Christopher Nkuku is not going to be in the World Cup. But... We're close to signing him, and he's a good player. Is he another Verner? We don't know, but we're close to signing him. He's an exciting player. They're all young and upcoming players. You've got Potter, who's a young slash upcoming manager. Are we going to see this? Are we going to see bad results before we see... Good results. Are, are we? Are we have to go through the phones to see the roses?
1: Well, yes. What what I'm I'm saying to you is that there's been no thought to the signings. We haven't built a team. The one thing that happens at Man City, whether people like it or not, and Liverpool to a certain extent, although Liverpool haven't got the spending capabilities of Man City is they're creating a big jigsaw puzzle. And there's little pieces that fit that jigsaw puzzle. And they won't buy anyone that doesn't fit that jigsaw puzzle. Right? They won't. Right? When they're convinced that it's the right fit, they buy that player and introduce him to the squad. Like the Argentinian boy, who
0: came from nowhere.
1: Who's scoring the goals at the moment. He scored about four in the last four
0: oh Alvarez yes beg your pardon yes uh, yes
1: right um, he fitted into that juxtile puzzle they got rid of Jesus right He's fitted in that thing perfectly that who was the person I kept going on about and on about and on about about signing for Chelsea that's the person we got to go for that's the person that we should break the bank for Harlan. Yep. He he's the right because he is your focal point in your team not left backs, not, you know, what I can't work out. Everyone said, oh, we need a centre half. We need a centre back. Yeah, we, we did do because we allowed a very, very good one to go who's the same age as Kunabali. Why didn't we keep him? Why didn't we pay a third of his signing on fee to the player to keep him? Because he was set. He was playing brilliantly. He was a leader. It's, to me, I can't, can't work out. There's been no thought about building a team. None whatsoever.
0: Well, what I and, saw Saturday, Steve, to sum yeah. up your view on it, Newcastle are a club going places and they are a team. Yeah. We, on the other hand, are going backwards and we're not playing as a team. I no, see it, I see 11 individuals with maybe 3 or 4 subs and there's no direction in terms of going forward both club and on the pitch I see no leadership and I've been Aspella Quetta's biggest fan he should have left in the summer yeah. He wanted to go in the summer. And again, we talked about Aubameyang's motivation. What's his motivation? Is he waiting for his contract to finish? Because he didn't want to be there last in the summer. He wanted to go. and Chelsea activated on his contract because they were worried about the issue with owners and bringing in players. I don't think he's showing any leadership on the pitch probably even off it anymore and there's like we said before there are no world class players in that Chelsea side both first 11 and on the bench that the world elite teams are going to go I'd like to buy him there's none Kante is injured every other month it seems and he's Decreasing in age and ability, Jorginho, too slow. Go.
1: No, got to go. go. Don't, don't. I said to you, Pulisic oh.
0: no, no. Mount he hasn't shown it at all this season. Shown it in glimpses. I beg your pardon. He has shown it in glimpses in certain games, but not consistent enough. No. The goalkeeping situation. You know, people know my views on Kepa and Mendy. I think's been shot since. Tuchel subbed him in the cup final. But we don't have a good squad anymore. We really... Listen, I said this last season. Steve, I probably said this to you a dozen times. I said this to other people. I laughed at Manchester United and Arsenal last season because, for me, they were the worst United teams I've ever seen in my life. They were the worst Arsenal side I've ever seen in my life. I'll admit it. This is the worst Chelsea side I've seen, and even when looking at you know books and how the squads have been and how squads have our teams have fared you know before I supported Chelsea, I would say this is the worst Chelsea team in thirty years, yeah, without oh. doubt. I would say that relegation side. obviously the side that you was in bearing in mind it still had people like Kerry Dixon, Tony DiRigo and Pat Nevin Joe McLaughlin amongst others that was better than this current team in terms of passion, in terms of putting everything else on the line for your teammates for the three points yeah you might not get the three points but you're going to bloody well try I don't see that in this team Nothing. Grosia tries. Do you know what John Terry was? tries. Do
1: you know what John Terry was? Do you know what John Terry was? John Terry was an enforcer. If anyone wasn't pulling their weight, he'd have the balls to go out and tell them face-to-face that you're not doing enough. He'd be out of breath and out of work now. He'd be absolutely knackered trying to tell the players that, you know, Ziyech, he would have got hold of him and he'd have told him a few home truths and wouldn't accept it as the captain of Chelsea. That's what they had in those days. They had leaders of men. Leaders. Well, it's not just
0: JT. You look at people like Tony Adams. You look Mm. at people like Roy Keane. You look at... I just... It's just a um, sad state of affairs at the moment at Chelsea. I don't know when their next wins are going to come. People are saying, thinking Bournemouth's a home banker. I've seen us get spanked by Bournemouth. And it hasn't been years and years and years ago. It's been quite recent. I've seen Aki score you know, the third goal in a 3-0 defeat. So that's not going to be an easy game. I don't know where our win's going to come from. Potter, if I was him, I would be praying that James and Cheerwell's back after the World Cup. I would be praying every single day that those two will be back after the World Cup because at the moment, there's no spark there. There's no positivity in that team. We can't score goals. We don't score enough goals. And our defence, our confidence, Mm. is shot to put. Mm. That is... So I'm glad the World Cup is going to be on on Sunday. I can't wait. I'm going to get my Vuvuzela out for Qatar versus Ecuador. (laughs) I cannot wait because finally it's football that I can enjoy. Without any pressure. Exactly. Get me Vuvuzela out.
1: Do you know what I do? If I was Chelsea now, I signed Tillerman and Madison.
0: We said that the other week. Yeah, we did.
1: That's the type of players we need: oh. offensive, creative players that don't play backwards and forwards and go forward. Oh. I'll tell you what: I'd do a threesome. I'd sign R. V. Barnes as well.
0: Yeah, we said we said that the other week. You
1: know, I, Barnes, I still,
0: Tillemans and Madison.
1: Those are the type of players we need: offensive, creative. Yeah. Play higher up the field, up the pitch, so they keep in contact with the front players. Maybe not them, but that that type of player. And Tillemans for me, I think, do you know, I think I signed Tillemans in January? Arsenal. You watch.
0: It's all we need, isn't it? But let's hope the lads who are uh, at the World Cup. Have a good World Cup, and we will be following their progress on the show as well, so keep your eyes out for that one. But before we go, Steve, there's going to be two little things we're going to talk about. And in Thanks. fact, actually, I've, I've got a message that I want to read out here. This is this is for you. Someone con- contacted us on Twitter and wanted to air his faults and get your um, view on it. I'm bringing it up now. He's from a gentleman by the name of Tom Hine. And he's mentioned this. One of my favourite memories in the 50-plus years of following Chelsea was watching one of the first games of Trevor Aylott, who we had on the show the other week. Yeah. We were playing Nottingham Forest and we won 1-0 thanks to Trevor's goal at Stamford Bridge. It was always a shame that he never went on to become a regular But does Steve see any resemblance with Brozier these days? Us us fans love a big goal-scoring number nine and just hope that Brozier is the man.
1: I think that's a very good point, actually. I think, you know,
0: Trevor was a big...
1: He had a great touch for a big man. And what Trevor needed was someone to believe in him 100% and put their arm around him and say, right, you're going to be my number nine. I think is the same. I think he's, he's got all the ability, but what he needs is someone to say to him, I believe in you, I'm going to back you, and I'm going to give you the opportunity. And that's what young centre-forwards thrive on, is the belief that someone believes in them. And I hope the boy, you know, to be fair, don't ask me, I'd have him 20 times over a bamiang.
0: Well, he started against Newcastle. What we're going to talk about now, because I went to Newcastle on Saturday morning. It was a bloody early train, but I went to Newcastle. Ended up stopping off at Darlington to see a good friend of mine who lives in Bishop's Auckland. So I stopped off at Darlington. So we went, (laughs) went to the game together. My God, there's a lot of steps at that ground. Yeah, yeah lot of steps yeah. in that ground. It's a nice city. I'll give them that, the, the people at Newcastle. Lovely city. Quite impressed with the ground, where they put their away supporters. Jesus Christ. I will mention a couple of things as well. Their gravy on their chips, superb. Five Michelin stars for me. That was fabulous. That it was, right? Unfortunately, the other part of their food weren't so great, if I have to be a critic. But (laughs) the other thing I will mention as well was there's a little bit of talk as well, a little bit of, there was videos up on social media and there was talking about a riot that was happening between Newcastle and Newcastle fans and Chelsea fans after the game. Wasn't a riot as such, but I was actually stuck in it. What happened was, and I had this first-hand eyewitness account, Chelsea fans can only go down one way, right, so when you go down the steps, you can only go down through one little bit of the corridor. You come out of the corridor, you come out underneath the, the the stand, and the police are escorting you away well Unfortunately, because we was in the same stand as the Newcastle lot you've got the Newcastle lower section coming out the same time as we were well then you had a a, a parade of coppers and stewards trying to block. Newcastle fans and Chelsea fans. And then you'd get the one or two little cretins, you know, trying to wind you up. Trying to, yeah, trying to wind you up. You know, there was Newcastle fans spitting at us. There was Chelsea fans spitting back and whatnot. And then you had a couple of Chelsea fans trying to jump over the police to try and get to the Newcastle lot. I was unfortunately caught in it not be, you know not trying to antagonize the situation I was trying to get the hell out because I wanted to get to a pub so I could drown my sorrows but there was a couple of obviously little bits whereby they ended up having a, a, a tiny ruck but it, a full-scale it wasn't a full scale riot wasn't a full scale riot at all but that obviously got from yeah. the ground to Newcastle train station where it got to the stage where you've got the police telling Chelsea fans, you know, either go on this train or you go on to the other platform. There was one train that left at eight o'clock and the next train was going to leave at quarter past eight. So me and a friend of mine decided to go on that train at quarter past eight. Did that train leave at quarter past eight? It was a train originally meant to leave at five past seven. So it was an hour and 10 minutes late anyway. It didn't leave Newcastle till 10 past quarter past nine. By
1: -hmm. that point,
0: everyone was crammed into this train like sardines in a tin. Couldn't move, couldn't breathe. There was a seven foot giant that was trying to find the toilet on the train. So everyone had to try and squeeze through and everyone, people's people's faces were touching the glass because they couldn't, trying to get this big jolly green giant to move. And as there was a little bit of a ruck actually going on, there was somebody um, that was being quite cruel and vile to these ladies. So this particular person decided to take matters into his own, own hands and push one of the guys away. And it ended up opening this door that we thought was locked, but it turned out it was just, sort of latched on 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 the latch they've opened the door you know on the trains the like the long distance trains you get like the like the like the food cart you get like with the drinks and everything else and you end up buying it, right well that's what was inside this little cupboard on the train unattended well People are a bit pissed off, either because they've seen their team lose, or the fact that it's cold and they're in Newcastle. Well, that cart was raided. No. All the <laughs> all the beer was taken, all the gin was taken, all the even the crisps were thrown all over the place. All there was there was dry milk that was taken, and by the time we got off the that train out to Darlington was about ten o'clock i couldn't wait to get to sleep and i'm thinking that's chelsea away for you mm. but that's the saturday steve the sunday i was very very pleased because it took me 6 months or nearly over 6 months to get him on the show but i finally was able to see him face to face and he's you know heard many good things about him for other other people and I was, wasn't disappointed. I had the pleasure and his interview is going to be on the show next week. I had the pleasure of meeting Joe Allen, former Chelsea striker. He was at Newcastle as well. He was good friends with Vinnie Jones and Paul Gascoigne had a lovely interview with him and he gave me a lovely present as well. He gave me Jack Charlton's tea bags. It's a box called Northumberland tea. And it's got yeah. a picture of Sir Jack Charlton on it. Very nice present. I don't drink tea, but I've, I've kept it as a keepsake. But Joe Allen, former Chelsea striker, we're gonna, he's going to be on the show next week talking about his Chelsea career. And that was a Sunday. So Sunday was lovely. Saturday, not so much. No. Well, and that getting... was my weekend.
1: Yeah, we're not getting that good of match days, are we? It's a little bit difficult to take. Um, but let's hope everyone pulls their finger out and and starts. Uh, what's the world I'm looking for? Treating our club with a bit of respect and moral honesty to go out there and work their socks off. And if they win or they lose, at least the Chelsea fans know they've worked their socks off. That's all we want, isn't it?
0: Yes. And, it, and it's let's... not
1: quite there at the moment, is it?
0: No. And let's just hope that we get a win in our, in our next game, at least, because, yeah, we've, because got, yeah. we've got Bournemouth and Forest, Steve, as our next two games. Yeah. If we don't get a win in either, I think, and I'm not antagonising it, I'm not a Trump, whereby I'm trying to antagonise the situation, I think you're going to see some fans turn. I think there's yeah. going to be some people that will not be happy and they're going to vent their anger. They're going to vent their frustration.
1: Oh, to be fair if we get beaten by Bournemouth or Forrest, listen, I think I've got every right to vent their anger. Mm. You know, it's not as if we, you know, those are two defining games. As a Chelsea, you're looking six points. Next two games, we're going to get six points. And I just hope our standards haven't dropped that much where we don't get six points in those two games.
0: I think it's not the like result think, that's key. It will be the performance. It will be the performances.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree. But if you get six points, the look of the league will be totally different. Hmm.
0: We'd
1: we'll be in a totally different position. Because, you know, there's some, Tottenham have got a couple of our games coming up now. Um, we're eight points behind them. I never thought I'd ever say at this stage of the season, eight points behind Tottenham. Um, I think that's what I'm finding really hard to take at the moment, is the fact that how we've slumped and they're not even playing that great of football, mm. but they're eight points in front of us. That's what I'm looking at and I'm thinking to myself, dearie me, you know, Tottenham, 4-3 they won the other day. My God, yeah. they got out of jail. Yeah. You know, um, but what I will say if we weren't in the league three times would we ever come back and win 4-3 at the moment? No. Would we have it in, our, in ourselves to battle away and keep going and no. We wouldn't. We'd roll over and, get, and die at the moment. And that's what concerns me. We're not playing with the passion and pride that our club deserves. I don't see many Chelsea players breaking their neck for the cause. And that's what concerns me. And the people I feel sorry for are the people like yourself that travel all the way to Newcastle and see a very inept performance. Because that's not, you know, you spent especially now, with what's going on in the world. Yeah. And now, yeah. you know, people spend that sort of money and go up to Newcastle, you expect your team to give everything. And if they give everything and they get beaten, you can accept that. But it's when you think, oh my God, he never tried a leg. He never tried a leg. He never. Well, actually, if that's the situation, who's to blame?
0: I'm thinking of that song, Road to Nowhere. That's what I think sums it up. Chris Rea. No, Chris, no, that's, um, road to hell. Well, actually, yeah, that's probably more, <laughs> that's probably more ac That's probably more accurate to be fair. <laughs> oh dear. Right. So on the show, the next couple of weeks, we are going to be talking about the World Cup. We're not going to be ones that's going to be talking to you and trying to talk down to you about the the Qatar as a country and talking about how the World Cup shouldn't be in that country. We're going to actually going to review some of England's performances and some of Chelsea players' performances in the World Cup. So we're going to be doing that between now and Christmas we've also got a couple of surprises we might have in store for you between now and Christmas day as well we've got a potential new year's day blockbuster interview so keep your eyes peeled on that one if you're new to the listening to the show thank you is appreciated if you want to find us on social media we are on there find us on twitter at the blue day pod find us on facebook blue day podcast On Facebook, Instagram as well, we're on there. We try and upload as much content as possible. If if you've got a question as well you want to bring up to Steve, you've got a view that you want to put up as well, that you want to vent your anger and vent your frustration on Potterball and Todd and Jesus Christ, everything that goes on with Chelsea Football Club. Email us at the Blue Day podcast at gmail.com. We aren't hard to find, trust me. We are open seven days a week, 365 days in a year. We are open. We will be back next week with the Joe Allen exclusive interview, and we will also have something very, very special as well for our American listeners as well coming up on the Blue Day podcast. Steve will be back very soon as well because we're going to review... Gareth Southgate's interesting World Cup campaign with the next three games with Iran, USA and Wales. But this has been the Blue Day podcast. I've been Keith Lawrence. Keep the blue flag flying, folks. Stay safe and carefree. Podcast Network.